Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I can take them to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves. Right back in this game. Big expectations. They got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. I pull and I root for the team because I know if the team's playing well, it makes the people in the city excited and happy. You know, we're in this thing to win. This game is over. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Plus. This is Milan Lucci. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I. ITEX.ca. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Well, that wasn't quite the version I was looking for, Dave Campbell. Who who is that one, by the way? Is that that's uh, the uh, one and only BBK? I was going to say uh, yeah. he did that deal with uh, U two right back in the Joshua Tree. Right. Just after the, uh, was it the yeah after the Joshua Tree uh, soundtrack? Welcome everybody, uh, not soundtrack but album. This is Oilers now. Bob Starfer with you. Hope you're having a wonderful uh, what day is it today? Friday, Friday. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. Now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money, all your devices managed at digitex.ca. Coming up, uh, we'll recap last night's playoff action. You know what sucks? The Edmonton Oilers not being in the playoffs. It's hard, man. It's frustrating. Exasperating. Uh, watching Toronto and Calgary play last night. Leafs uh, getting the uh, job done. Can you cue up that other one for me when you get a chance to to let that one roll? As in, let the good times roll? I'm doing my best to find it right now. Okay. You know I'm, trying, I'm having trouble finding the version you want. Oh, well, that happens. Maybe it's that rare. It, it can't be that rare. I'll come in there at 1230 okay. to, to do it together. Uh, all right. Dave Campbell is here again today. Brendan Escott, uh, you know, that, that hard Sherpa Park Crusader season came to an end. Uh, we're just giving him a hard time. He's taking a couple days off here. Uh, Brendan will rejoin us on Monday. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, courtesy of the River Creek Resort Casino today at 1235. There is a lot to get to. Uh, 
we are going to have extended open line time today at 105. Have at her during that session. We actually had people text us the show and say, are you not doing like any open line during the course of the last couple days since you're in studio at 630? Chad, come on, Bob. Uh, so there you have it. We'll get to that. You can also text us. The, by the way, the open line brought to you by River Cree Resort Casino. They have Wayne Brady. That guy's funny. He's a funny dude. April 26th at the River Cree Resort Casino. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And uh, you can text us at 630-630 for Heartland Ford. Not your small town dealership out in Fort Saskatchewan with a new huge state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. Tweet me personally at Bob underscore star for tweet uh, Dave Campbell at Dave underscore Chad. Hey, Dave, what's going on with the uh, uh, Montreal Alouette's ownership situation there? Is that, <laughs> that going to mean Cavis Reed's in trouble? Uh, I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Now, the, the Wettenhall family wants to sell the team. And there was a group that was run by a former CFL player, one-time Eskimo, Eric Lapointe, yes. who uh, played with the Montreal Alouettes, who wanted to buy the team. He's out. He was an unbelievable running back with Mount Allison. Absolutely. Yeah, he was incredible. I don't even think they've got a football team anymore, actually. I think they were the, were they not the school that got beat 105 nothing by St. Mary's? Was that uh, Mount A? I think, you know, it's funny because when Morley and I were there in 2010, it was for the first touchdown Atlantic game. Yeah. When the Eskimos played the Argos in Moncton. And, yeah, Mount Allison was still in existence. Okay. So I believe they're still there. But it's one of those smaller schools, right? So, and it's tough to get enough kids. Like you need like eight yeah. kids, right? To, well, it, it's becoming a national problem. Is that uh, there's you know the the amount of kids that are uh, the number of kids playing uh, minor football or univer you know university football, even well, in not Quebec? even university, but grassroots football, it's dropping. It, so. Even in Quebec, yep, Quebec yep. and in. Uh, uh, or Saskatchewan, it'd be dropping there because they play like seven. No, they play yeah. like six and seven and eight man football in the yeah. province of Saskatchewan. That's yeah. right, and we play six man football here. There's a six man football really uh, high school league. Yep, didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, so uh, there's a Montreal businessman by the name of Richard Stark. Yep, who uh, is uh, backed by a former receiver in the league. Didn't wasn't uh, very successful as a receiver. One time Eskimo Brad Smith, who is the son of Larry Smith, sure. who did play in the CFL for the Alouettes and was one time the the commissioner of the league and a one-time president of the Alouettes. So, um, but how, you know, how soon can this transaction be made? It's quite possible the league buys the team and then sells the team sometime during the season or at the end of the season. So yep. it's getting a little frightening in, uh, in, uh, in, in Montreal because a lot of people are comparing this to the old Ottawa Renegades. Right. Uh, just with Brad Smith, did he play at Queens or did he play at McGill? Do you recall? Uh, oh, boy. I thought because I was wondering, was there not an expose that Bob McEwen, CBC, did on hazing at with McGill's football program. Charlie Bailey was their head coach at the time. Yeah, We've got an employee with the Oilers Entertainment Group. His name is Dan Cote-Rosen, and he was a member of the uh, McGill football team. They made it, actually, to... And, and just so everybody's clear, I mean, I think most of the listeners to this, this show really know sports. And in football, specifically at the college level, uh, the lower entrance requirements, the easier it are, is to have a successful program. It's that simple. You need anywhere from 80 to 100 kids in your program going through the yeah. years because of injuries. And, uh, you know, McGill's a really good academic school in Quebec, and there's some other schools in Quebec that maybe don't have quite the same lofty. I mean, McGill is a, it's a top uh, 25 school in the world. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great if you're born in the province of Quebec, because then you have Alberta taxpayers that are helping drive down the cost of actually going to that said institution. Yeah. Oh, wait, I went on a little bit of a... <laughs> Brad Smith played at Queen's. He did play at Queen's, yeah. okay. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I was trying to remember if he played it, which is another great academic institution as well. Man. Uh, alrighty, so you, what you're saying is that the Alouettes could be under a change of ownership, and that could really screw things up from the league's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, remember, there's a negotiations for a new collective bargaining agreement, and the league this week told the players, look, we can't bargain for the next two weeks. Not next week, not the week after. We want to come back on April 29th, and that got all the players' association rankled because they're saying, well, wait a minute, the the current deal expires day before training camp, which is May 18th. Um, what, what do you mean you can't meet with us? I mean, they'll get a deal. Where are the Eskimos? And we'll get to a bunch of the order stuff because there's a lot to hit on today. There's been some interesting developments even overseas today. We'll, we'll hit, hit on that in a second. Where are the Eskimos at with the president's job? It's, uh, well, there's a search firm that's been hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the last I heard, which wasn't too long ago, is don't expect a president to be hired by the start of the season. Um, and as far as names go, uh, I really don't know. I mean, there's the obvious names, but I think just people throw names against the wall and see if they stick. You know, Sean Fleming's name is come up. Uh, Tom Richards, who's on the board of directors, his name has come up. You know, Dwayne Vineau is, is a name that kind of pops up in uh, in these circles. But we really don't know. But I can tell you they want a, a businessman. Uh, the football background, I think, is kind of gravy. It doesn't have to be a football man, but they just want a good, solid businessman to run the run the team. So, But for now, it's the board running it. Uh, their annual general meeting is next month, so that's when we'll see who the board chair is. And you know, I, you know Brad Sparrow is the current chair, and I can't tell you how many terms he's. I think this first or second year uh, as the board chair. I think he only can serve you know every three years, yeah. or it's a three-year term. So we'll see what happens. You and me should have a conversation, uh, you know, about a couple other things here in a second when we go to break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to our Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear for product knowledge, compliance, great pricing, innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. We'll get to highlights around last night's playoff action when we return in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You found it. There you go. Love it. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you on Winters Now. You wanted to jump in there for a sec, Dave? Well, I just want to wrap up the Eskimo discussion. Yeah. Uh, I remember way back when, you know, about 10, 12 11 years, years ago, yeah. when the Eskimos were really struggling, and Danny Machocha was the basically the general manager and the head coach. Then he dropped the head coach to be the, you yeah. know, be the full-time general manager and Danny Machocho is not a very popular man in this town and I know you you have been uh, one to be difficult on him at, at one time or another I remember Rick Lawlisher the former president and CEO during a news conference said well I think may, some people think that Bob Stoffer should be the general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos yeah that was just bef- the year before I did the started doing the orders right. and uh, that was it for my relationship with Danny after that yeah like I mean as you know I talked to him a lot uh, we had a difference of agreement on how they uh, drafted. Uh, I didn't believe in taking kickers in the first round. Uh, well, that was that the was whole. The, the whole I, in my adult life, I've I mentioned this to you before, Dave. I haven't had a lot 
of relationships with people that have come to an end. And most people are smart enough to know that I'm a jerk to begin with, and so if you operate under that context and go from there, but with all seriousness, like Danny was, um, Danny was a little bit thin-skinned at that time. I think he's probably better now, uh, grown a bit. Uh, it was a difficult situation for the. You know, you go from having Hugh Campbell, who had all that respect in years in the league. I and we, we I mentioned Danny. Is there any possibility that the guy that ends up buying Montreal ends up having Danny run that team for? Him? Yeah, it's possible. Because I mean, he, he Eric Lapointe basically. Uh, I think if Eric Lapointe got the team, he would hire Danny Machoch in a heartbeat. Well, and and my thing is now that he spent year because he went back into youth sports level and won, he actually won a national championship at Montreal. And yeah. you're in the same league as Lavelle, and Lavelle's playing from a stacked deck. I mean, Lavelle's got yeah. five or six full time coaches at that level, but. As you know, between about 2004 to 2008, I was at every Prairie Football Conference game I went that I could. Uh, obviously, I did the Golden Bears at that time. I was the SID at the school. So my fall was, and you know how much football I watch now. Like, I watch a lot of it. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I still love it. I still care about the Eskimos. I, mean, I care about Edmonton teams, right? Like, mm-hmm. I um, make no mistake. I love the Oilers. I love the Eskimos. I love the U of A. I love the Oil Kings. And I love Bakersfield. Those are my teams. I like Alabama, but I love the Edmonton team. So when uh, Rick Rick mentioned that that day, it was just the year before I went to the Oilers, I, I got a pretty good chuckle out of line because he was half funning you. But uh, who knows? Maybe Ralph Kruger could be the uh, – oh, wait, that would be way too much of a pay cut for <laughs> Ralph. How much do you think he was making for the last five years? Is, oh. There were reports it was between two to three uh, million pounds wow. a year. So multiply that by one and a half. Yeah. You know, people bring up Ralph Kruger a lot, oh and I, I love what he did during the lockout shortened season, and I want to emphasize it was a lockout shortened yeah. season, but he got a lot out of his players. <laughs> Which but, is kind of the job of a coach. <laughs> yeah, and some coaches have struggled with that. Um, but why would Ralph Kruger want to leave? <laughs> you know, well, he's got a great you know, situation. T- well, today, as you know, today, uh, officially Southampton severed ties with Ralph Kruger. Was oh, enough. okay. That's why ah. the story, just, just in the last couple hours here, I know I put a tweet out on Ralph. Uh, and what I will say to people, you know, when Craig McTavish, who was the general manager at that time, fired Ralph, the first thing Craig said, and it was in the old building, uh, you know, it was so that we're going back. Geez, I'm thinking it was either, I think it was the last week of May or the first week of June of 2013. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Mac T said was, this isn't fair to Ralph. So Mac T knew what he was doing was crappy. I mean, he fired the guy over Skype, mm-hmm. right? And because Ralph was out of town. Uh, Ralph had sort of left, uh, you know, Ralph wanted to spend some time back in Europe. His wife had gotten very comfortable being in Europe. They'd spent all those years in Germany and Switzerland over the years. Ralph had played in Germany for a number of years and then took over the Swedish, uh, the uh, Swiss Ice Hockey Federation. I will tell you right now that when the Oilers originally hired Ralph, I was like, why? Like, I, I hated how Switzerland played, mm-hmm. okay? Uh he deployed a one-one-three, which I'm not a fan of in terms of a four-check. Um, but once, if you spent ten minutes with the guy, you know what? And it it wasn't because he was a salesman; it was because he was true. He had inherent, intrinsic aspects of what he core beliefs that he believed in, and that's the way today's athletes want it. Like he was ahead of his time for the Oilers organization. Yeah. The Oilers, you know, and. and People can believe what you want to believe. 
And that's that's how this works, right? Like, I got guys that'll come down on me all the time because they don't like something I said about somebody six years ago and they can't get it past. And then there's other people that are open-minded going, you know what, I thought this about the guy, but maybe you'll believe what you want to believe. But what I will tell you is that Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Glenn Anderson, Kevin Lowe, Paul Coffey, they learn differently than Craig McTavish and Kelly Buckberger. Those guys, that first group, were allowed to make mistakes and grow as the orders developed. And by the time Mac T and Buckberger got here, in, in support roles, not in driving roles, but in support roles as players, they didn't get to make mistakes or they didn't play. So there was a, there's always been a little bit of a chasm that's existed between that, that sort of group. And Ralph came in, and what he did, uh, you know, he, and some people hate hearing this stuff, but he, he really accentuated the positive. And he didn't believe in breaking players down and building them up. And there may, no, there wasn't may, there was people around the organization that still believed in that old school thinking. And Ralph didn't want that around his team. Like, Steve Smith was a great fit with Ralph because Steve was patient. Steve Smith overcame one of the greatest gaffes in the history of NHL. He did. That goal is considered, like, you take a look at the biggest misplays of all time in NHL history, it is top three. And he overcame that. He willed himself to become an excellent NHL defenseman for a number Mm -hmm. of years. And he's a good coach, but he's positive. He's super positive. And Ralph came in, and he empowered all of those guys. Right, he empowered Taylor Hall. He empowered Nugent Hopkins and Jordan Everly. He got the most out of Neil Yakupov. Stu McGregor told me when they drafted Yakupov, he, he said, "At least we have the right coach for him, because we're not going to have a guy that's going to sit there and play head games with him and screw right. him around. He's going to work with him and play him." Justin Schultz and the Oilers were far from perfect that year. Right, they were far from perfect, but he had something going. And like Mac T said, Mac T admitted it himself. What I've done, you know what. What's happened here to Ralph is not fair. And Mac T's the guy that made that decision. Do I think he'd come back to Edmonton? Probably not. Uh, Do I think he would be a GM? I think he's been out of the game for too long. Do I think somewhere he could take on a leadership role in an organization? Absolutely. He's one of the most interesting, intelligent men I've ever met in sport. I think he's an example, and I'll just say this as a generalization before we get to the recap. The key to coaching today is you got to connect with your group. you got to connect with yeah. your players on an individual basis. you got to understand how each player ticks. And it's a hard deal for a coach, but that's what you have to do. And old school tactics can work, but you better use them at certain points in a season because it's not, it's not exclusive anymore just to go, well, this is how it used to be. If you do not connect with that player or with your team, and everyone is different. You need to create a positive environment, a safe environment that you could, and you're free to challenge a player, uh, but you better be straight with the player too. You treat- and, and you give them no out. You give them no outs as well. If you're going to tell a player, look, this is what's going to happen, so be prepared for it, and it happens and that player doesn't respond well, then that's on the player, it's not on the coach. He, uh, you know what? You treat players with and, and individuals and people you work with with respect and dignity. Yes. And because they've had other experiences in other areas of their lives, often when you do that, you engender real passion that they don't want to let you down. That's how you get the most out of people today. And Ralph was ahead of the curve on that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were, like Taylor Hall had a different way. Like Taylor Hall didn't want to waste time on morning skates mm-hmm. because he was going to play 21, 22 minutes a game. Well, if you're a fourth liner like Kelly Buckberger in your NHL career, 
and you had to grind for every inch. You need it. Right? But yeah. in Taylor's case, he was saving energy yeah. to play in the games because he knew they were going to ride that horse named Taylor Hall. Ralph, Ralph, Ralph was uh, a real interesting guy. Um, I think he could be successful as a definitely as a. I don't know if he'd want to coach. He's sixty now. He's made a hell of a lot of money in his life. Okay, and and he's. I just. I don't see it as a fit right now for Edmonton, but I wonder if he recircled certainly Europe in hockey somewhere, taking over a high-profile European team. Like here's an example: Would the KHL bring him in to run the league? Some Interesting, people, right? Yeah. Some people think that uh, you know. Uh, Rene Fasel is going to go there, and that's why a lot of people think Bob Nicholson's being targeted by the IIHF to take that over because Fasel's going to get paid, you know, millions by the uh, uh, oligarchs over in Russia to run the KHL. I, I don't know. All I know is Ralph was, uh, and again, when they first hired him, like we're hiring a guy that runs a one-one-three four-check that's got the center back supporting and pl- making pucks off, uh, playing pucks. Off that traditionally defensemen do back in your own zone. I was like, that's it's, it's a bizarre. I'm watching it going, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Like I could, and the least arrogant, egotistical guy you could have ever met in your life. Like, not that I ever thought he was arrogant or egotistical, just that I didn't like how he played. His power play was awesome. Mm-hmm. Letters finished third and 11, 12. 12, 13, They were, you know, Ryan Smith wasn't on that power play for the final 40, 50 games. Because they wanted, you know, you got to win faceoffs, got to be quick on puck retrievals. I mean, that, how do you tell a guy like Ryan Smith, hey, look, we might not be able to use you here, man, or you're going to be on the second unit? I mean, Ryan's fans love Ryan, but Ryan had a lot of belief in himself. That would not be an easy conversation, but Ralph had a way of connecting with people, and it was impressive. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.